Peterson Financial Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies every day using a variety of insurance and investment products to meet their specific goals. We are not permitted to offer and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. The information presented is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of securities or investment strategies. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Investment advisory services offered through Peterson Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor. This is the Retirement Ready Podcast with President and Founder Eric Peterson of Peterson Financial Group, Iowa's retirement specialists with an office in West Des Moines. It's time to make sure that you're retirement ready. All right, my friend. Well, you're in Iowa. Here in the area, obviously, debates are raging. (laughs) It's debate season time, right? So uh, instead of just listening to the political folks posturing on TV, we're going to do some financial debates, you and I here. We're going to stay out of the political realm. But I do have one quick thing I wanted to ask you about. I saw where Bernie Sanders wants to forgive about $1.6 trillion in student loan debt so that nobody has any student loans. That sounds fantastic. But what do you think? Good idea? Bad idea? Realistic? Not realistic? <laughs> well, I was uh, talking to my son about that. And that this is what's kind of funny because he's going to school right now. Okay. and. He doesn't have to take out any loans because he's serving his uh, country in the in the Air Force. He gets some uh, money from that, the GI right, right. Bill. Mm-hmm. Um, they also give a little bit of a tuition reduction for people that aren't active duty. And then I've pledged, you know, I'm going to make up the gap for him because I'm, you know, helping his sister go to college too. So he's entitled to that. So gotcha. I mentioned this to him, and he kind of went off on a rant, which was, you know, kind of nice to see. It made made me feel good. But he's like, you know, what about the people that that did? you know, that worked hard, took the extra jobs, did everything over the last couple of years and paid off their student loans. And all of a sudden, everyone after them just gets this kind of reprieve, this kind of wiped out, right. uh, you know, hey, do over. Now, it is nice if you can eliminate someone's debt. That's great. But who's going to pay for it? It doesn't come from just some magical place. I know he wants to tax transactions on Wall Street. That always seems to be the, the well that they want to go to, you know, just as tax the rich, tax Wall Street, tax all this stuff. And um, I don't think it would ever work. Plus, one thing about going to college, and if you take out loans, is that when you take out loans, you pay them back. That's the simplest thing. When you borrow money, you pay it back. That should be the first rule you should learn when you go to college in a finance class, you know, right? You're, when you borrow money, the people lending it to you are investing. And so they need to get return of their money. Otherwise, they wouldn't lend. You know, and that's what lending keeps the country kind of going. So I think it's a terrible idea. I do think the cost of college education sometimes is a little too high. I think that'd be yeah, some place I would say first. that's where we should maybe put some focus, right? Is figuring out how it got, it's higher than I think it's just about anything right now. How, right, it's, how right. it's growing. And the funny thing is one of the persons uh, doing this has also paid a heck of a lot of money to be a tenured teacher at one of the America's most expensive colleges. So I think having options for people and, you know, not everyone, not to get on a political horse, but not everyone needs to go to college. There's a lot of great things that you can do without a college education. But, you know, everyone wants their kids to go to college to get that leg up. But there's there's more efficient ways to do it when they're taking out a huge amount of loans and things like that. But the thing is, you take out student loans. You got to pay them back. Now, maybe regulating the the interest rate that they charge, I could see something like that, you know, to help with that, help to pay back the faster if they're federal you know, loans, things like that. But 
yeah, just a bad idea to say, oh, yeah, just everyone's yeah. done. No, no student loan anymore. Well, let's continue on with our own financial debate here. I wanted to get with that headline because I didn't get a chance to on the prior segment. So basically, I'm going to just give you a financial topic. Uh, the two sides here, you give us your thoughts on it. So what do you think All is right. better, paying off debt, as we just kind of alluded to, or building up savings if you're a retiree or uh, let's say, we'll say pre-retiree? Well, I think both are important, but you need to treat your future self as a creditor. It needs to be right in line with all the other people that you're paying, diligently paying. Uh, David Bach, who's a person that we work closely with, who's a has, I think, seven or eight New York Times bestselling books, a financial commentator, all those kinds of things, has talked about this. He talked about this many, many years ago on the Oprah Winfrey Show. You know, you need to pay yourself first. It's one of the things, your future self. So, you know, you want to pay you know, your, your credit cards and your student loans, all that kind of stuff. You should be paying those, but you also need to carve out some for yourself because you need that compounding of time and returns to really work to your advantage. You know, it'd be great if you could just wipe all your money out and then start saving, but you need to save yourself right in line with everyone else. So both are equally important. You don't want to be indebted to somebody else, but uh, your future self needs to also be a creditor that you need to feed and pay for. All right, so let's talk about the house then in that same kind of vein. So keep a mortgage as long as you can or pay off the house as soon as possible. Now, I would say a couple of years ago, prior to the new tax laws, you know, maybe keeping the mortgage, people wanted to use that tax benefit, but that's not always going to be helpful right now. No, and so you, you can't look at it from a tax treatment. You know, it's better to have the mortgage than not. Now, I will say that mortgage debt, of all debts, probably the – I don't want to say the better one, but it is from the standpoint that the interest rates, if you have a fixed rate mortgage, they want not going to change for the life of the loan. And a lot of people, what they ask me and when they come in and meet with us is like, you know, I have this money. The only money they have really is saved up in their 401k. They've done a great job of saving in that, but taking money from there is 100% taxable. So like, well, I just want to pay off my mortgage. I'm like, well, here's the thing. Let's say you need fifty thousand dollars. You're gonna to have to pull out probably seventy-five thousand dollars to pay the taxes that you're going to need in order to net the fifty. So that's a big hit to your retirement income. Sometimes it's actually more advantageous to kind of refinance, especially if your interest rates are higher than where they're at today, and then just you know accelerate the payments faster because you're only paying tax on what you pull out of those retirement accounts. So income-wise, you could probably fit it into your budget, and you're always going to have some kind of cost for shelter. So just kind of think of it just a you know a line item bill that you're going to have to pay. So if it's causing issue when you want to get ready for retirement that you don't want to carry that debt, maybe consider refinancing so that it's a smaller amount of your monthly budget. Or you, know, you can always move, sell it, and downsize those types of things. But I'm not a big fan of taking large chunks out of your 401k to pay out that home. But if you can retire without any debt, you're going to be better off because less income that you need. It's really kind of a balanced act. And it's really individualized to each person. So I don't like, like a blanket statement, but just uh, I don't take big chunks out of a 401k or IRA to pay it off. That's my only blanket statement, I guess. All right. Well, you're listening. I'm not going to make these are not going to get easier, by the way, Eric, just so you know. Oh, great. <laughs> You're listening to Retirement Ready. We're having uh, fun here with the debate season that's kind of going on. I'm giving Eric a financial, I guess, left and right side here of things and letting him uh, take his stance on it. So term life insurance or permanent life insurance, which one merits? Uh, debate it. Well, the benefits of term life insurance is that you can get a lot of coverage for a little bit of money. You know, a lot of financial people just say buy term and invest the difference. Okay. Okay. The thing is, is that it works out great as long as you die within that term. 
you die outside of the term. Kind of like when you go to Home Depot or Lowe's and you buy a new dishwasher, right? And they're saying, okay, we can get the extended warranty on that. And you buy the extended warranty, and then a month out of warranty, <laughs> right. the thing breaks, yeah. right? Well, guess a week what? afterwards, it breaks, yeah. Yeah, you get another dishwasher. So same thing with term life insurance. Now, you may want to have term to cover a certain amount of time. You know, like I have both. I have term insurance right now because something happens to me. You know, Teresa still has to get, you know, my one daughter through college and clean up some things. It's nice to have a large amount of money. But when that term expires, she's not going to need as much. We'll have savings and other things at that time. But I also have permanent coverage because permanent coverage is going to be there. You know, and when you want life insurance to pay off is when you pass and you don't know when you're going to pass. So I kind of want that to be there no matter what. It's also more tax advantageous because you can properly structure you. Life insurance proceeds are always going to be tax free, but properly structured, you could take withdrawals from life insurance. that can be tax free as well. So it's also one way that I save for in the future, too. So I can take money out of buckets that don't have to pay any tax. So there's advantages and disadvantages to both. You kind of maybe need both, but the whole thing comes down to is when do you want your insurance to pay? If you want to pay when you die and you know what that's going to be, then you probably want some more permanent coverage. All right. So. All right. Well, I'm going to hit you with one more at least here before we got to take a break. We'll see. Uh, depends on how fast you go through this. Mutual funds, good or bad? Well, I think mutual funds are they're a tool. <laughs> right. They're right. a tool. Now, it's the number one thing that people have to invest in their 401ks, um, and that's just the way the industry is built. I think years ago, mutual funds were great because it was hard for someone to choose, hey, if I want to invest, I want to buy, I have a choice between a couple of stocks. You know, do I buy Coke or do I buy Pepsi? You know, now in a mutual fund, I can own both of them. I can own lots of other companies, right? You get a lot of diversification. I think right now, internal expenses and things inside of mutual funds are unwarranted when you can get the same kind of coverage or the same kind of diversification by using an exchange-traded fund at a much lower cost, especially if you're just going to buy the overall market. So I think right now, mutual funds are probably not as good as they were in the past because of the, the technology changes in investments. You know, exchange-traded funds weren't available 15 or 20 years ago. So the nice thing is you do have those. So there's there's lower-cost options. When you can reduce the cost of your investments, it's more money goes towards you. So that's why I'm a, a larger fan of the exchange-traded funds. Also, inside of a mutual fund, the actions of others can impact you. So if a lot of people are trying to sell out mutual fund, that manager's got to sell some stuff in order to meet the redemptions, and that can negatively impact you. So that's why I'm not a big fan of mutual funds. We're more a fan of the exchange-traded funds or individual securities. You've been listening to the Retirement Ready Podcast. If you have questions about what you've heard on today's podcast and would like to schedule a complimentary retirement readiness review with Eric Peterson and the team at Peterson Financial Group, call now. 515-226-1500 is the number to dial. That's 515-226-1500. They are Iowa's retirement specialists and standing by to help you achieve your financial and retirement goals. Want to ask a question online? Visit the team at askericpeterson.com. Thanks for listening to the Retirement Ready Podcast, making sure that you're retirement ready. Peterson Financial Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies every day, using a variety of insurance and investment products to meet their specific goals. We are not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. The information presented is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of securities or investment strategies. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Investing involves risk, including the loss of principal 
principle. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against loss in periods of declining values. Any references to protection benefits or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Investment advisory services offered through Peterson Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor.